What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the third season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 3. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Uh, doing so, this helps grow our podcast, and we appreciate you know the help from our listeners. Today, we are joined by a newcomer to York. Uh, this person arrived to York back in 2017, rounding out his third year, uh, third full year in his position. Uh, I first met Ed in our Leadership York class. Uh, we were just talking about it before the show came on, um, and I learned there, you know, how great of a person he was. Um, and you know, through the different class projects that we had and everything like that, it was just fun getting to know Ed. And so um, Ed Chayden is a great guy, and I'm excited to learn more about him today. Um, I certainly know the city of York is safe uh, with him uh, at the helm as our chief of police. So I'd just like to welcome Ed to the show. So welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me to come on. Excited to have you. Um, so the first things first to try and loosen some people up, uh, get them you know talking a little bit. Um, you're trapped on a desert island. What are three things that you bring with you um, to make sure that you, you you stay sane or survive? You know, normally I, I hit these questions like with a really practical approach. So I hit, you know, I'm on a multi-tool and a shovel and an umbrella or that kind of thing. Um, this time I'm going to go a little more general. Um, you know, I'm, <laughs> the word desert immediately throws me. I need air conditioning, <laughs> coffee, and books. That's what I need. Perfect. <laughs> Immediately, when I first saw the question, I really thought maybe I would I would say my family, but I wouldn't want to drag them with me. That's not. Yeah, just say they're going to be stuck on that <laughs> with you. Oh man, that doesn't seem very justified. So, what kind of books do you like reading? You know, I have a variety. I like I like contemporary fiction, just to kind of take my mind off of things. I like historical fiction. I like history, uh, biographies, um, some of the classics. I like Edgar Allan Poe and Joseph Conrad. Uh, just what, what's like a recent book that you've kind of. Or either you are reading, or you've uh, the most recent book I, I, I reread um, *Heart of Darkness* by Joseph Conrad, oh, cool. and uh, I'm currently reading a book about Abraham Lincoln that I have not been able to get through for I've tried several times called uh, *Rise to Greatness*. Okay, and it's just a, a historical kind of biography about Abraham Lincoln in the, the uh, first couple of years of the Civil War. Oh, perfect! So. Yeah, I mean that's kind of kind of interesting. Um, you know, all things. Are you a big coffee drinker then? Uh, yes, I have a I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> big coffee fan. So probably a coffee pot in the office, or is it? Uh, I have a Keurig in my office, oh, and there's one down the hall. And so I justify it in my mind that I that I walk a lot. I get my steps because I walk to get the coffee. Which I'm guessing the caffeine sort of takes away some of that benefit, but hey, no, it's anything you can do to. I'm know, a minimum of at least one pot a day kind of guy. There so you go. I, wow, I do have a problem. That's, that's yeah, that keeps you going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll jump right into the interview here. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, growing up in Scotts Bluff. Uh, that's where you mentioned you're out west. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk to me a little bit about what it was like growing up there in Scotts Bluff. You know, I grew up in Scotts Bluff uh, in the country, about eight miles outside of town, all paved road. So I wasn't. Uh, I was a country kid because I didn't live in the city limits, but we weren't farmers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom was a nurse, my dad was a mechanic, so they both worked in town. Um, we just liked living out in the country. So, country school, uh, kindergarten through eighth grade, I went to a school called Lake Alice, which was a great education. It was about 100 kids, kindergarten through eighth in the whole school. Oh, man. So, you got a lot of ind individual attention, and uh, it, was a, it was a great place. It really was. I got a, one, one heck of an education there. And it was kind of a culture shock when I went to Scottsbluff High School, which isn't by any means a massive school, but... It's not 100 um, kids. No, it's not 100 <laughs> kids. There were, I think... There might have been 100 kids in your class, wasn't there? I think there was between 250 and 300 oh, kids man, in my, yeah, in my so, grade. Yeah, so, so it yeah. was, you know, I never I never uh, operated a locker before. Oh. You know, that kind of thing. Even so, the whole concept of probably even... Yeah. Like, why why do, what do you need that for? Why would know? I hide anything well, from Why don't I just need it all on my desk? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so it was an interesting transition there. Um... After that, I just kind of um, started having kids early. I met my wife, uh, young, at my first job at Kmart in Scotts Bluff. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And uh, we started with having kids early, which um, you know I wouldn't recommend everybody do it that way, but I don't have any regrets looking back now. It wouldn't change anything. So really, it was kind of a rapid shift into being a grown-up. Mm -hmm. You know, parenting is a a simple concept by no means is it easy but you wake up every day and you're not the most important person anymore mm -hmm. and that's the rest of your life and that's just how it is and you just accept it because that's what parents do but um, you know, when you do that at 17 
you you skip a few steps. Yeah. So. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, that's a, a real yeah eye opener for everything. And so, first job was at Kmart. What led you to law enforcement? How did you find your way there? You know, that was uh, a. <laughs> I fell into it. I wasn't one of the. I'm not one of those guys that you know. When I was nine years old, I saw a guy in uniform and I fell in love with it, et cetera, et cetera. I, I kind of fell into it. I worked at Kmart and then uh, worked at a paint store, which, you know, Sherwin-Williams was one of the best places I ever worked. And, I buddy did that in college, you know, delivering paint. It was yeah. the best job you ever had. It said. was <laughs> such a great place to work. It really was. So, and I and then I went and worked at a lumber yard in Gearing. And uh, I did that because I needed a full-time job because I had kids. And, and you had benefits. And yeah. And you started thinking about, oh, yeah. crap, I got to think about more than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So I, so I got a full-time job and was working. And I, I really liked working there. It's called. It's still there. It's called Johnson Cashway. It's owned by Steve Dahl and his family. Great family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working inside the store, um, mostly mixing paint and stocking shelves, doing that kind of stuff. But but they liked having me around because I'd go and help them do deliveries in the yard, which is hot, sweaty work. But I like getting out of the store. So I'd go deliver sheetrock and stuff like that. Some of the stuff that some of the people in the store didn't like doing. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's not fun, but I like getting out of the yeah, store. Yeah, it's like so, anything to get out of here. Yeah, yeah just get away from. <laughs> I'll say it customers once in a while, you know, get out there and do some stuff. Hey, <laughs> I've worked retail. I understand it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I kind of fell into it because I was talking to a guy and I, I wanted to have a Saturday off, mm-hmm. but you know, new people, I only worked there. I had only worked there a few months. So new people didn't get time off like yeah. that, you know, Not, you 90 work, days maybe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You work, you work Saturdays at your job yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, he had Saturday off because he was going to take the police test in the morning and Steve Dahl, the boss was nice enough to say, hey, you know, if you're going to go out and, and try to better yourself and be a part of this community in that way, I'll give you some time off. So I went and signed up for the police test so that I'd go fishing in the afternoon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so nice. I went down and took the police test and uh, walked out figuring I probably failed it and I was never going to hear about it again. And I went home and time to go fishing. was getting ready to go fishing or you know do something with my afternoon off, thinking I had really, really gamed the system. Yep, and I, was really... I slipped that one. Yeah. And they called and said I need to come back to the police department for an interview. And I panicked. I absolutely what did I panicked. Do wrong? <laughs> and, I, and I remember I was talking to my wife, and I said, "You know, I don't know what to do. I, I think I'm in trouble here. I don't know. I mean, what do you do? What do you do when you get called to the police department? Do you call? Do you call a lawyer?" And she looked at me, and she and she just said, "Dummy, it's probably a job interview. Do you own a suit?" And I said, "Oh." I had to go borrow a, a Herberger's department credit card from my mother and go buy a suit that didn't fit because I don't exactly buy off the rack. <laughs> and uh, I went for the interview and, you know, it, it intrigued me. The job intrigued me because it felt like the kind of job that would never be boring. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it had benefits, which mm-hmm. was great, you know, had, had public yeah, benefits. Retirement, you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff had, had to a, look forward to. Had a 401k yeah. and all that. You yeah. Know? I was yeah. Like, well, it was it was grown-up stuff. Yeah. Know? So it's <laughs> what so appealed to me. You know, health insurance is nice to have when you have children, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. what appealed to me. Um, and I made the top three list, but I didn't get off of the job at that time. But they told me, hey, we're going to be hiring again in the next six months and you'll be on the list. And I kind of figured that was my brush off. And I moved on and um, had actually gone and worked. I left the lumberyard and worked at a, got a job as a graphic, graphic designer at a, a Great Plains Business Solutions. It's a company there in Scottsbluff that does like... Oh, they do uh, letterhead and uh, like catalog. A printing, yeah, like printing, printing place, yeah, okay. yeah. business cards and catalogs and mm-hmm. um, forms for hospitals and that kind of stuff. So right, right. I worked there and I really enjoyed that job. And then the police department called and said, "Hey, are you still interested in a job?" And I really couldn't believe it. But there again, I was I was making six twenty five an hour and I wasn't didn't have any benefits, so I really couldn't turn it down. Yeah, of course, so, I'll come take whatever. Yeah, yeah. so I, I took it and uh, after a while, it just kind of gets in your blood and. Um, the running joke among law enforcement is that, you know, if if you stay for three years and you make it and you're all right, you can stay as long as you want. If you stay for seven years, you're stuck and you can't do anything else because it ruins you is what we say. You know, that's, of course, not really true. But um, well, I feel like a lot of jobs, if you've been doing a job for about seven or eight years, it's kind of tough to you know, yeah. switch anything. You Especially know? when you when it's something like, you know, law enforcement is different from everything else. You're living that every day and it, it gets really hard to think about leaving it or, or even when you do, you know. You have the next step in that thought process is always okay. So I, I want to stop this. What what else would I go do? Nothing, how would you compare anything yeah. to what you're doing? Yeah. yeah. You, you, what else is there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So, and that's uh, coming up on well, yeah, this this month was 23 years. That's yeah, crazy. How so. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's been 23 years either. I'm sure as no. we get through this. Uh, um, but talk to me a little bit about that first position there at, at, at Garing. How did, you said you landed it kind of by you know accident falling into it. Tell me about you know when you got there, what it was like, um, your first you know six years on patrol, and then you know moving up into your promotion. 
Uh, Gearing is a great place to work. It's a great department. It's pretty close knit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have internal squabbling and things like that, just like at any workplace. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, law enforcement, we're we're pretty good at that too. We, at times, we can eat our own, so we have to watch that as a group. But uh, yeah, we do okay. And it was a good place to work. It was a fun group of, of people that I worked with, and uh, there was a lot of trust there. And you know, the first couple of years, you're really you're training and you're so busy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know anything and you want to know everything. And then after you get in for two and a half, three years, you want to start specializing. You really hit that. It's not a lull, but you want to get into a niche. You want to be. You want to specialize or get ready for promotions or start doing those kinds of things. Um, but you know what? The, the best law enforcement officers always remember as they move through their careers that patrol is always the backbone of any department, particularly in a small town. But it's always the backbone because those are the people that have the first contact with the, with the public. They're the people that the citizens actually interact with. You know, they're the ones who need the most resources. And, and what I saw as I moved on, moved on was I wanted to affect that change and give those resources. It wasn't just out of frustration because I felt like I had those resources at Gearing. I, I really did. I, but I just wanted to be the guy that making sure that they had the resources. I wanted to affect change in that way at that level. So that's when I started feeling like I really wanted to move into a leadership role and maybe look at, look at a, a promotion and a, uh, a sergeant. It was a, it, I was actually promoted to lieutenant, but at the time, Gearing PD had a weird structure. They didn't have sergeants. Okay. They had all lieutenants. Okay. So it was actually a, it was a sergeant with projects is what it really was. <laughs> um, so, so I, I, at five years, I don't really feel like I was ready to be perfectly, perfectly honest, but in a small department, you don't pass up opportunities. No. Yeah. They're few and far between and you, and you just don't pass them up. Mm-hmm. So I tested and, um, I was number two on the list. There was kind of a shoe in guy that had been around for a really long time. He was an investigator at the time in the department, very smart, very involved. Um, but he was on his way out and everybody knew it. He had, he had, um, been making arrangements to purchase a local business and everything in town and had been pretty clear about the fact that he didn't know how much longer he was going to stay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I knew there was a possibility and he took a few days to think about it and then turned it down and I knew it was going to come my way and I just didn't know how to say no to it yeah. at that point. I just didn't know how, how do you say no to that when you know that it could be another 5, 10, 15 years before another opportunity comes. Right. So I said yes um, and for a while, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I mean, Facts. you know, that's just kind of how it goes. And again, you know, it was because of the people that I worked with, you know, mm-hmm. everybody had a good head on their shoulders and everybody was, was pretty, pretty even keel. And it was, it was, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it was, it was nice to go to work and know who you were dealing with and trust the people and know that they're not going to put you in a bad way or paint you in a bad light intentionally, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, working at Gearing PD really fostered in me Police officers do not, and I tell my staff this, you know, police officers do not get fired or get in trouble for making honest mistakes. They get in trouble for lying about or covering up honest mistakes. Mm-hmm. Own your stuff. It's mm-hmm. that simple. And and Gearing really made it that way. Yeah, I messed that up, so how do I fix it? And everybody would step up and say, oh, man, you shouldn't have done that. Well, let's go fix it. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really, there were high expectations in it, and, and there was a high bar there, but they really empowered you to meet it. And, I, and as I went through that and saw that and grew to appreciate it more and more, it really made me more and more want to be a part of that. It made me look higher and higher and higher in the organization and want to affect that change, to be able to empower people, to be able to say, hey, I know what you need because I've been there. I want to give it to you. You know, the first rule of leadership is you never ask anybody to do something you wouldn't do or haven't done. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I wanted to do. So at that point, I wanted to do it all. I, I decided, you know, I... Um, two or three years into that that first frontline supervision job, I decided I want to do it all because I want to be able to give back those, give those resources. I want to know what resources are needed at every level so that I can provide it in the future as I move on. You don't have that blind spot exactly when you're you know further up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Um, so, what made you decide to? Um, you got your AA General Studies degree in thirteen fourteen. What made you want to go back to school? to go to Peru State and get your, you know, criminal justice admin. Is that just like, a, was that an advancement thing? You knew you, you needed that to an advance or was it You know, it was, it, it was an advancement thing overall. Uh, and I always just felt like it was incomplete. When I, when I graduated high school, I, um, my attendance was so poor that I almost got kicked out of school. I got good grades, but I, I skipped a lot of school. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be there. And it it wasn't super negative time. Probably wasn't your type of environment. Probably. It just wasn't. Yeah. It, you know, all those people, and I was used to you know, hundred kids, and it just mm-hmm. it just didn't sit well. Um, so, and it was at a time where 
<laughs> pot smoking had made its huge comeback in the 90s. Oh, yeah. So it was dancing bare necklaces and tie-dye shirts, and it just wasn't my scene. And a lot of my friends at the time were into that. And I don't judge them, and I didn't judge them, and I don't judge them morally for that. But it wasn't my thing, so I wasn't hanging out with them as much. So it was kind of a time for me to reflect and, and go fishing and do my own thing. And it led to me not, not being at school much because it just – there was boring schoolwork, and that there wasn't challenging. And you didn't want to be around those people. And either. I didn't want to be around those people either, so what was there for me? So yeah. I was skipping school a lot um, my junior year. So then when my senior year came, I actually skipped the first four or five days of school. My my guidance counselor, uh, Julie Newman. she <laughs> called, knocking on the door. Yeah, she called me in the ride. She was a really great lady. She called me in and said, okay, so you're going to get kicked out of school. What are we going to do? And I said, you know, I don't know, but we probably need to come up with a plan before spring because then I'm really not going to be here when the weather turns nice. And I wasn't joking, and she saw that. She said, okay, so if you double up on your English credits, you can graduate at semester. But you have to you have to agree that you're going to come back and walk. Um, and she made me sign a little contract that I'd come back and walk at graduation in May. Mm-hmm. And I and I, in return, I would be able to double up on my English credits and um, be allowed to graduate in December. So I graduated in December, and I signed that contract about walking because I knew my grandmother wasn't going to let me skip it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and, <laughs> and I graduated in December, and I started college right away. But it just didn't. It just didn't take. You know, I had, I had kids, and I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a son. You had other responsibilities. I had other stuff I needed to do. I Correctly. wanted to work, yeah. so yeah. it was hard to balance. So at that time, when I was working at the paint store and, and at Kmart, I was taking college classes, and I ended up dropping out of college. And it was always just on my mind. You know, my parents were educated. My dad was a mechanic. He was a master certified mechanic. So he'd gone to tech school. Uh, he'd been in the military. So he was. He, he was kind of a rigid person and, and um, in his own way. But he saw value in education. Yes, yeah. he saw value in the education. And he, he kept up his certifications and everything, mm-hmm. you know, even throughout his career. So he was always going to the college and taking a test here or there. And my mother was a, was a nurse. And I remember distinctly growing up, her sleeping on the couch because she was working nights and going to class during the day or vice versa mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But I also remember that when she finally, we celebrated as a family when she finally graduated and got her RN, which is a bachelor's in nursing. Yep, yep. And our lives changed. She got a, a promotion soon after that, and everything was different for us. It was a little bit easier for my parents. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that always just stuck with me, that there's value in that. Mm-hmm. Not, not that it's for everybody or anything else, but that there's value. Um, and then couple that with the idea that, you know, I graduated high school in 96, so I'm part of that, that, that generation where we were taught. Bachelor's degree is a new high school diploma. It was. you got to yep. have it. Until, yeah, just recently. Yes, until recently. Um, and so, so I had just had a lot of personal value on it, and... I placed a lot of value on it, so it felt like an unfinished project. So I went back to school and got my uh, associates. It took me quite a while. I was taking cl- I took classes right away uh, in, in 2000, 2001, 2002, and then stopped. <laughs> I stopped going to school and, and, and took a, a long break because I didn't want to do algebra. I'm with you, man. <laughs> and finally, I decided, okay, you got to you got to learn the, these X's yeah, and Y's. You got to suck it up here. Put your big boy pants on. So I went back to school, got my associates, and then... Um, Kind of immediately jumped into going after that bachelor's. I just thought, you know, I'm in the school mood, in the school mode. I'm, I see the value in it. Why stop? Um, Especially if you're in the groove too. Yeah, yeah. don't take more yep. time off away from it. And I, yeah, exactly. And I, and you know, so I kept pushing and, and trudging along. And I, how I ended up at Peru State. I love Peru State. Mm-hmm. I love the school now. At the time, I didn't know anything about it. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't really know anything about the state school system. I didn't know the difference between UNK, UNL. I didn't know the difference between, you know, Peru and Wayne and Shadron versus those other schools. And I'm not knocking any one school at all. Um, I Googled cheapest college in Nebraska that's accredited. <laughs> and Peru State popped up. That's literally what happened. Yeah. Um, so I signed on at Peru. I mean, and, that's a great value school. It yeah, certainly is. And that's, so that's where I'm, I'm this close to my master's right now and awesome and what's that in is that in uh it's in criminal justice like type field no i've 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 broadened that a little bit and pulled back and i'm I'm gonna get my master's in organizational management oh great yeah is that through through peru state State. yep yeah i'm taking my last class now and then i have an internship to finish and i'll be done they have an economic development uh master's program that i'm looking at yep you know i actually considered that but i don't want to waste any credits and i was too far (laughs) along when they introduced it so (laughs) dang dang (laughs) oh that would have been great oh man Awesome. And so then you um, you also did some time at the Northwestern School of Police, or you took, I don't think you went to school at Northwestern. No, but I did you didn't. probably took some online stuff through them. Northwestern University um, in, in Chicago, they have the, the School of Police Staff and Command, and that's a, it's a 16-week program that they do that used to be you had to go to Chicago to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an upper management um when you're in law enforcement, now there's, there's more on the market now, so I don't want to leave anybody out. But when you're in law enforcement, when I came through, if you wanted to go to 
uh, so-called elite or advanced management law enforcement school, you went to two places. You either went to Northwestern University, School of Police Staff of Command, and you had to stay in Chicago for 16 weeks. So that was so expensive. Four months. How of, could you afford, yeah. you know, room and board and that kind of stuff, plus the tuition? Or you went to the FBI Academy. In Alexandria, uh, Virginia. Yes, in, 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 in uh, Glencoe, Georgia, or, or Alexandria, Virginia, depending on... Um, yeah. So Northwestern was the one that I wanted to get to because they started offering it two weeks on, two weeks off. You could go to two weeks to a, to a location outside of Chicago. They're putting, at the time I was looking at Denver, like Colorado. Like satellite locations. Yes. Yep. They go, I was looking at Denver, Colorado, two weeks on, two weeks off. And I could just never get it together with the budget at Gearing PD. Mm-hmm. Then they started offering it online. And George Holt is the chief of police in, in Gearing now. Um, he was the either the interim chief or the newly appointed chief. I can't remember which at the time in Gearing. He was the chief in Gearing at the time. He knew that I had been trying to get to Northwestern, and he really went out of his way when it came online. Another sergeant there at the PD had put in for it. They were considering sending him, and he came to me proactively and said, I know you want this too. Are you still interested? And really went out of his way to get that opportunity from me. That's awesome, yeah. So I really appreciated that a lot. Um, I was at an interesting time in my career. I had worked the road for quite a while, and um, I'll say it, I was burned out. I was jaded, burned out, wasn't wasn't doing what I should have been doing, was not making the effort that, that the citizens in the city had the right to expect of me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't proud of what I was doing anymore. Um, not, not of the job. I wasn't proud of my efforts, of my your personal actions. efforts. Yeah. And George Holtus went out of his way to help me with that. He came to me and said, you know, he, he, he put it on the line very candidly. It was very hard to hear where I was at and where I was falling short. And then he offered me the opportunity to go to Northwestern and he offered me the opportunity to go work in the drug unit. He said, we need performer down there. We need somebody who's going to go down there and work. But if you are willing to do it, I think a change of scenery would help you out. I had never been interested in investigations on a full-time level. I'd always like doing my own follow-up and search warrants and that kind of thing. But um, I never wanted to be a full-time investigator. But I took the opportunity because I was burned out. And it changed my the course of my career. And I owe that to George Holtus. He changed that for me. So he really went out of his way to say, instead of giving up on you, I'm going to give you opportunities. Mm-hmm. So simultaneously, I got that change of pace and I worked with a new team and um, I didn't report to the Gearing PD anymore. I came in, you know, several times a week and met with everybody and everything. But I went to a different office in the basement of the courthouse, and I worked for a drug task force for two years. Um, and it was the change I needed. It was really a breath of fresh air. It gave me new priorities. Um, I was learning new things. I was motivated. It really, you know, it really, really helped me a lot. And I was also at that time able to cabbage on and make use of that that motivation to plug it into that Northwestern training and mm-hmm. really hit it hard and get that get that completed and. Like I said, those two things together I owe to the same person, and it really changed the course of my career. So That's awesome that, yeah, you had that you know person that you know took a chance on he you. He just as easily could have just, said, you know, I'm done with you. Right, yeah, yeah. He could have written me off, mm-hmm. and he really went out of his way. So. And that's, yeah, that's great. I mean, that, you know, people deserve opportunities. I mean, for yes. the most part. I mean, if people get a second opportunity, I think most people take advantage of that. Yes. I mean, yep. most people truly do. I think if you're given mm-hmm. that opportunity, Absolutely. people will take it. So your next position was into Alliance, and it was, correct me if I'm wrong, it's more of a leadership management type yes. position? that was my first official administrative role. Okay. And so what, uh, you know, not every person wants to go into leadership management, so what made you want to, and so I say leadership management because I hate management. I think that's a poorly phrased yes. used anyways. I agree. I, I think leadership should be what people should call it, and so mm-hmm. what made you want to go into, you know, a leadership type position? You know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it was this the culmination of everything I when I was given that opportunity, and it took me a few months, but when I was given that opportunity and I really had time to sit down and realize the opportunity that I had been given, mm-hmm. I knew that solidified it for me. Mm-hmm. Someday I'm going to be in a position high enough in the department to have say over budget and those kinds of things to make those kind of choices, mm-hmm. to give other people second chances, to help people get back on track, to keep them on track, to open horizons for them, to go to people and go to officers and sergeants and say to them, hey, I think you'd be good at this. Let's find you some training. I think you'd be great at that. Let's give it a try. Mm-hmm. Try this for me because I think you'd be good at it. I know you say you don't want it, but try it and we'll figure it out. I really think that your personality lends to it, that kind of thing. And you, generally speaking, you know, you can lead from the front, you know, and that's what, frankly, most law enforcement officers do. It's mm-hmm. in our nature. But the technicality of, of a lot of that is that when you want to make those kind of real changes and have that kind of authority, you have to have... You have to lead from the top mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. I want to have the ability to affect change on that level. I want to have that kind of influence to be able to 
to give those chances to other people. Um, and it was one of the hardest decisions of my life. I mean, I still look back on it sometimes and I don't regret, but I remember how difficult it was. I had had two years in the, in the drug unit and my time was up there. I would originally had signed on for a year and they extended it a year for me at my request. Um, and that was, I mean, that was another thing that, that George Holtis did that he really went out of his way for me. You know, I was promoted. So they had to, I was overpaid to go into that position. That's an <laughs> officer position, you know, mm -hmm. and I was a sergeant. So there was a lot of logistical and political issues to sending a sergeant down there to work with other officers and answer to another sergeant from another agency. And we had to work all that out. And that was real work for him. That was yeah, real effort. A sergeant he... report to another sergeant. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was it was an interesting it was simple for me because I just walked in and said, Hey, just ignore the title. Yeah. But there was a lot of paper shuffling that had to be done on the back side of that that he really he really went out of his way to get done for me. So, you know, it was an interesting interesting time for me there, but I just really wanted to wanted to pass that on. So when I got you know, Chief Chief Oltis came to me and said, Jim, we need you back on the road. We we really need your leadership. We need you to come back. So I went back to the road and I was back on the road for six or seven months and I was in that sergeant role which which I love I mean the most influential contacts for the citizens are the officers mm -hmm. the line officers that's patrol that's that backbone I talked about the most influential position in law enforcement is a sergeant your frontline supervisor sergeant corporal whatever your agency calls yeah, however you want to that is the it. most influential person in law enforcement frontline supervisor it was hard to give that up but I didn't have the impact I wanted to have Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to get it at, at Gearing Police Department. Right, right. So I, I had worked with a guy on and off in the drug unit named Jay Kenyon who worked at the Alliance Police Department. And he had hit me up several times jokingly that they were hiring a lieutenant. <laughs> so <laughs> the job was still open. So I thought, you know, I'll just, I'll make a run at it. Throw my hat in the ring. And see what happens. And you never really count on it. You know, no. there's always a lot of stiff competition for those kind of jobs. And, um, you know, especially in law enforcement. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't really well known in Alliance. So I really felt like I didn't have a lot of, I really didn't. I really didn't think I had much of a chance. Right. So yeah. I, I went into it thinking I wasn't going to get it, and, and that was my excuse. Count yourself to, out already yeah. before you even walk in the door. Yeah. And then I had to make a really hard decision when they offered me the job, <laughs> and, uh, and I just I just couldn't pass it up. Yeah. Another one of those, you know, where it's you know this is a once in a fifteen year opportunity, yes. yep. and I don't want to be waiting another fifteen. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. So I went I went to the city of Alliance, and you know I did some part time stuff there uh, in the beginning, and then I went full time and. Chief John Kiss in Alliance really um, impacted me a lot too because you know, he came in and, and talked to me a lot of times about okay so what's the what's the title on your desk and I'd say lieutenant he said okay you know what that means it means you're administrative and you get to do administrative things that I I don't want to do and he'd laugh you know that kind of stuff and I said yep scheduling and um, some payroll stuff not much and you know that kind of thing um, overtime approval and supervising um, day to day operations and things like that. But then he'd also point to the, the sign on the door. And the sign on the door of my office said operations commander. And he said, do you understand the difference? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, what's the difference? And the first day I didn't have the answer, he caught me. And he <laughs> called me out. He knew. He was like, you really don't know the difference. And he just laughed and walked away. That's just his nature. Um, he's a, he doesn't talk much, but what he says is... Bears weight, for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly the term. The term, it bears weight. So when he talks, you listen. Mm-hmm. So he came back some days later and, and asked me, so do you know the difference yet? And he was tapping that sign on my door. And I said, I do. And he said, what is it? And I said, lieutenant means that I have the authority and the rank to, to wrangle the sergeants and to do scheduling and time off and everything. And I said, what is oper I said, operations commander means that I'm responsible for everything that happens in patrol. Everything that happens on the road is mine. And it comes to you if I can't handle it or if you feel like you need to be involved for some reason. But it's my responsibility. And this is probably only a couple of days later because that's when he smiled and said, oh, I'm glad you know that. I'm taking a cruise to Alaska. And he left for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the deep end of the pool. I'm glad you're, you know what it is. You're yeah. the guy. That was it, you know, so. But it was, you know, it was, it was a good opportunity for me. It was really, a, it was, a, it was a, a great place to work. And um, the plan was to stay longer, mm -hmm. but it just didn't work out. Um, the department was great. And Alliance is a city that has a lot of really great things going for it but it didn't mesh with my family plans. Mm -hmm. um, and I, to this day, I feel bad about, I didn't do enough research when I left Gearing to go to Alliance about the community itself mm -hmm. to know that. Mm -hmm. So I really felt like I, I really felt when I left like I let John Kiss down mm -hmm. um, and the staff. It was, it was as hard for me to leave Alliance Police Department after 11 months as it was to leave Gearing PD after 17 years. Yeah, And that's a testament to the staff. Mm -hmm. Those officers are just, 
I mean, the young guys are runners and gunners, and they want to they want to be out there kicking butt, you know. And the sergeants they're struggling to rein them in, but giving them just enough rope to get the job done. And yep. you know, I mean, it's really it was really an interesting dynamic. It was so much fun, and everybody there was so positive. I right. mean, it really was a great great time. And um, again, John Kiss is, does, doesn't speak much, but when he speaks, it's it's volumes. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot from him. This this the example. He's one of those guys that just being in the room with him, really, his presence just, he's done it, he's seen it. You just really look to him for that kind of guidance. And, and he'll give it, 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 to be frank, he reminded me a lot of my dad because he could, he could really relay something to you just by looking at you. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, you knew the... Yes, I remember, you know, he was in the room just kind of evaluating when I interviewed for the job. And they had asked me a question during the lieutenant's interview about how do you feel about maybe being chief here someday in, in, in a few years. And it was a really odd question. It right, really that's was. a weird interview I question. I was like, like... <laughs> wow. And I remember I looked at the human resources director and and I and I looked over and John Kiss was... And it was really weird to me because John Kiss was in the room. <laughs> and I looked over him before I would answer. And he nodded his approval. And then I answered the question. Yeah, you know? yeah. It just has that presence. It was just like, I wasn't going to disrespect the man. I yeah. just wasn't. Yeah. You know, I, just, I don't want to be talking about this guy's I'm job. I'm in his house. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. You know? <laughs> it was just... He just had that presence and it really... Uh, it really affected me in a, in, a, in a positive way. It's so. great when you have those leaders that can, you know, you know, you get a lot of great leaders and you get a lot of faux leaders that like to just talk and yes. say things and stuff like that. You know, it's great when you have the leaders that show up and just do, and yes. you can see they lead by example, you know, things like that. I'm a big yep. fan of those yes. you know, types of leaders to just come in, do their jobs, you know. You, they say what they need to say, but nothing more, really. Yes. And, they and get, that is they, John Kiss. Gets, gets everything done. Yeah. He'd walk into my office and say, you know, I want this done, um, and I need it done by this time. Do you need anything from me? And he'd leave. Right. Yep. He wasn't going to tell me how to get it done, because mm-hmm. he trusted me. And that mm-hmm. meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. It really meant a lot to me that he had that trust in me immediately. Mm-hmm. He was willing to let me stretch my sea legs and, you know, um, and let you know if you're doing it wrong. Right. But other than right. that... Get it done. Yeah, you know, I just want the finished product. Don't tell me whatever you did yeah. in between. Just show me the end. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed having that trust. So yeah, that's that's awesome. And so um, you learned quite a bit. It sounds like from your time at Garing and Alliance before you arrived here in York in 2017. So what were some of those big things that you did? I mean, maybe you know, obviously you can't think of everything, but what were some of those big things from Garing and Alliance that kind of helped prepared you for your role as chief of police here at, at York Police? You know, for me, it's about. I wanted to be that foundation that I had seen mm-hmm. in my leaders at those other agencies. I wanted to provide that support. I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to tell everybody how to do every little thing. I want them to know that they can come to me and say, hey, I need these things to get the job done. I'm going to do my best to give it to them, and they're going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. And if they're not, and they're not getting it done to my satisfaction, to the, to the standard that we set, I'll let them know. But you know, that is, when you have someone who's been promoted to sergeant or, or has taken on a leadership role even without rank in a department, they don't fail very often. You don't, you, it's very rare for me to see somebody who, who takes the job serious that isn't going to get it done right. You just have to give them the tools. And that's what I want to do. That's just, that's, I want to go to work and give them what they need to get it done. And I think I got that from, from Gearing and Alliance. That's that, the combination of giving the tools, even if it's a second chance, even if it's something pretty serious, even if you're out on a limb. Mm-hmm. You know, to go out on a limb for somebody that isn't performing for you is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And to give somebody trust that you don't know, that you really don't know. You haven't been in the thick with them. Right. You haven't done that serious stuff with them. But you know that they've got, they've got the, the resume. They've got the experience. You know it's there, mm-hmm. but you haven't witnessed it. But you're still giving that trust. Those two things combined for me to really show me that that's what I was going to need to do here. Right. Have a little faith in people that you don't know yet and let them prove themselves. And give them the tools they need. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what I wanted to do. It's, you know, it, it comes down to, yeah, just trusting the people that to do their, I mean, they were there when you got there. That's right. Trust them to do the, they're going to continue yes. doing the same job that kept them there. Yes. And so, yeah, just, just that trust. And, you okay. know, it can be hard, you know, with yeah. people that you don't know and yep. you think that, you know, when you're not watching, something bad's happening. And so, yeah, yeah certainly. Yep. And so uh, why, I guess, did you end up choosing York as a place? Was it just because of the opening as a chief of police or, you know, what about York kind of drew you here? You know, at first it was just the opening, mm-hmm. um, the size. I, you know, City of Gearing is a city of eight thousand. Mm-hmm. City of Alliance is a city of eight thousand. Um, oh, we fit right into your. So yeah, I just yeah. kind of—it's kind of my wheelhouse. It's yeah. what I'm, you know, give or take a, a yeah. twenty-person department is mm-hmm. where I'm at. You know, mm-hmm. it's what I'm, what I have experience with. And when we made the decision, um, 
and man, I, I just, I mean, my, the tone of my voice changes. I feel so, when, when we realized that Alliance wasn't, I called my wife and said, you know, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't think I can stay here as long as I thought. And she said, well, I'm having some of the same thoughts. So you need to go talk to Chief today. You've got to let him know this. Yeah, yeah. And I went out and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about some stuff as a family and, and figured it out. And at the time, I had once, my, my oldest was living in uh, North Platte, mm-hmm. getting ready to move. He said he was going to go east. He's now in Council Bluffs. Um, and then my middle child, my other son, he um, goes to UNK. So we talked, and Crystal, my wife, said, eh, if we're going to do this, let's go east. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I started looking for opportunities east. There were two opportunities that I, I mean, there were several, but I narrowed it down. I didn't want to just start throwing out resumes to every place around. Yeah, I, I want to be taken. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be seen so, as. So yeah. I had applied at uh, Torrington, Wyoming, which was the other way, but was only 30 miles from Geary. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. So it was kind of distance. a, we could stay close to family, and mm-hmm. it wasn't that much of a change. And then I applied in York. Um, and really, you know, I applied before I knew much about York. But when I came here to, to take that, I came here to take a written test. So I drove all the way here, and I really made a point to drive around the community and pay attention to some of the things I hadn't paid attention to with Alliance. Mm-hmm. And I liked that the interstate brings a little bit of, well, I'll say it, it brings bigger stores and some of those other opportunities that, that are kind of important. Um, the dance studio situation was a real big deal for us. My daughter's really into dance, and we couldn't. We have one of the best in the area. Yeah, heart yeah. and soul. We couldn't. She puts her heart and soul into it. I couldn't take it away from her. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I, I paid attention to that. It was one of the things we didn't pay attention to in, in, in Alliance. Alliance, and um, so that was really tough. So mm-hmm. we made a, a point to do that, um, and I just really kind of paid attention. I went to the library. I wanted to make sure that we had quality, yeah, good that, good those. amenities and things. Mm-hmm. And I just you know I paid a lot more attention, mm-hmm. and uh, I really, it really grew on me. I really liked it here. I, I can't stand the humidity here, but <laughs> I don't think <laughs> any of us come from the desert. But you know, whatever. <laughs> but I, you know, it, it was. I remember I, I called after I took the test and left on my way home. I had called my wife and said, "You know, you need to come down with me next time. It's really nice here. It's a pretty cool place. It's it really is. It's a nice place. You know, it has it has all that hometown like Alliance. What I really liked about Alliance was they have the the brick streets mm-hmm. and everybody looks at you sideways when you say that if they're not from a small town but it's cool it's character yeah. it's you know what I mean it is character and I came to York and I saw it we have the same thing here mm-hmm. you know and it was just those kind of things you know and, and it just all kind of added up and it really I don't know it just it was a good fit yeah. it really was it felt more like a home it did yeah, it did and we researched the schools the schools are so highly rated oh and, yeah, you know, yeah. We, we really and you arrived in 17 I mean yeah, with yeah. Lucas being here yeah, yeah. We, I mean yeah we it was just still do have great schools yes. But yes I mean yeah we were they were all over the map though at that time at that point in time were, yeah the yeah. YPS was they were state in everything at that time so yes. it was like whenever we do research it was like man what are they putting in the water we need to get some you know it really was <laughs> yeah you know? No, so that no, that's great to see and hear. And you've been doing a lot to integrate yourself with the community. Like I said, I met you, you know, through Leadership York, where mm-hmm. you got to meet a lot of other people in the community. Um, you've been doing some community building events. I know I, you've had like a bowling with cops and the yeah. donuts with mm-hmm. officers. Talk to me a little bit about those events and how, you know, those kind of came to mind and how you created those. You know, a lot of those come to me. Um, you know, the donuts that and, and coffee with a cop. A lot of times, that stuff comes from. The stores or the, the the manager owners that want to do that, and I'm happy to do it. Um, you know, we always want to do outreach. We always want to be part of the community. Small town policing is is different, and, and community means a lot more, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Now, I I have to throw out the the disclaimer: I'm a big agency. So, any big agency guys that are hearing this, don't throw a fit. I just don't know any better. I'm ignorant about it, I guess. So, but I really feel like it's it's a lot more important because people know who you are. They see it, um, and that's part of being you know being a small town law enforcement officer means you're all you're not under a microscope, but everybody knows who you are, so there's no anonymity there. It's, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows, and yeah. they're gonna remember what they see, even when you're not working, or when they are working, when they see you when you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go into the, the local mom and pop in uniform and treat everybody really poorly, and then go in there the next day shopping, they're gonna remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, to me, I think it raises the bar. I think it really does. I think it means more to us in that way that, that we really have to do a lot more outreach and be part of the community and that's that's what I've been trying to do you know we just want to let citizens know that we're regular people and, and kind of reiterate that to them and um, and we get it back you know we get it back it, it just tenfold every time you know the community here really supports us mm-hmm. you know even given what's going on nationally right now it means so much to us that the community supports us and we see it 
they tell us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get cards in the mail, just random cards in the mail. Hey, just want to let you know, I don't believe in any of this hooey, and you guys are great. Well, yeah. and, you know, yeah. and it's just yeah. it really it really means a lot to us. So no, I'm yeah, especially during these times. Yeah, to get any of that support, you know, mm-hmm. during these uh, tough times for everyone to have. To know that people are just supporting you, mm-hmm. irregardless of the circumstances—not irregardless of circumstances—but yeah. they just want to support you because they, they know you as a person. Yes. And they just want to support you as a person. Um, no, that's that's awesome. I think that's very important for a community because, like you said, you know, you live your career when you are, and it's yes. even more in a small community, like you said, because everybody knows, you know, that's Joe the officer, yep. you know, and we're gonna know him as Joe the officer. Until he's not, <laughs> and right. even when he retires, he's yeah. going to be retired. That's Joe, Joe the was an officer. Yeah, you know, so, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, so that's very important. I'm, you know, it's great to know that you know we have someone at the top that you know recognize that and supports that you know, within our community. You mentioned a little bit about current events. You know, talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing here in York. If you've seen anything, heard anything, you know what you know what kind of things are you hearing here at the local level? You know, at the local level, we've had some some protests and things in, in response to um, George Floyd's death and, and some of those recent uh, issues that we're that we're seeing in the, in the media nationwide. And those have been positive events. Uh, the, the organizers reached out to us and told us what they were doing and checked with us. Not didn't ask permission because they don't need it, but but let us know what was going on. We really appreciate that. You know, I mean, it was we we don't have an issue with that. You know, my my goal. I think sometimes I come off as really standoffish on a lot of those issues. Um, I'm, I'm usually I try to be so quiet about it because my goal when I go to work and for my for my officers as well as much as we can. I feel like politics over the last you know six or eight years in this country has become so divisive of an of an issue. Everybody's so worried about who's blue and who's red and all that stuff. That my goal is that when my officers and I go to work, no one knows that part of us. Mm-hmm. So I don't. A police department shouldn't be political because and it's a political job and everything else, but it shouldn't be political with affiliations no because what happens when you know if, if i'm a if i'm a if i'm a green guy and i show up at your house and you're a purple guy how do you feel do right. you feel like you can trust us you start questioning our decisions mm-hmm. I, I just feel like you know may, maybe when i started i don't think it was that divisive nobody cared mm-hmm. nobody cared about the politics part of it i mean people cared but not nobody not cared the, what ladder came or whatever right. that you that's signed right. up for at the courthouse yes yeah. that's right nobody <laughs> nobody knew nobody cared now it's it's kind of a big issue mm-hmm. because everybody's really getting camped out and really getting entrenched in their in their ideas and um, so I feel like we need to stay clear of that as much as we can. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like you know exactly. when we're asked to go and take part in things, it's not that we disagree with what you're asking us. It's not that we disagree with all your views. You might be surprised. <laughs> the issue is, is that I if I go out and march with one person or stand in solidarity with one view how can i not do it for other people it's not Mm -hmm. fair yeah and i just can't i don't want to be i just don't want our agency to be a part of that we have a job to do and i want people to believe you know objectivity is a foundation it's a pillar it's a it's fundamental in law enforcement Mm -hmm. and in criminal justice as much objectivity as you can get and i just feel like right now with with the entrenched camps that we have in politics in the united states you don't want to be seen on either camp. That's right. Right. And we just can't we just can't put our name on a list. Yeah. So that that's what that's about. But you know, locally it's been okay. Nationally it's tough. You know, there's been a lot of you know, we talked for a few minutes before we started the interview, but I really I feel like right now nationally there's a lot of negativity and, and these are important conversations. You know, racial injustice and those things, those are important conversations that, that we need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that context means a lot. And I, I feel like um, we just kind of lost sight of that sometimes, you know, and, and that's why I kind of want to, again, we just kind of steer clear, but we're going to do our job. The way that we prove that we care about the well-being of everyone is that we give everyone the level of service they deserve. Everyone. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know, it doesn't matter the, the colors and the assignments and the, I, I don't care. How you identify the what you yeah, look like, the I don't whatever. Care. Yeah, I just you want to have make sure every you... right to expect of us. You know, citizens have every right to expect a level of service from law enforcement, and I want my department, myself at the top first and foremost, and everyone else around me to provide that level of service. To Matt, to me, that's that level. my priority. So, but I can tell you that you know the negativity that you that we hear does take a toll. You know, this is different. There's always been a swing. There's always a pendulum. They love us. They hate us. They, 
they need this, they don't. You know, it's always this is different. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying it's bad because these are things that need to be spoken of. These are issues that have to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. But it's different, so it's hard for us to handle because mm-hmm. it's different. I've never seen anything like this. This is different than anything we've ever been through before. So it's, it takes a toll. Negative, negative, negative. You know, when you come in and you know you you see it on 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 your news feed and on Facebook or wherever, and then you hear it on in your car radio on your way to work, and you're really feeling like, man, is there anybody that understands what we're doing right now? And then I come to work, and there's a couple kids in my lobby. This literally happened to me. I came to work and I was really, they were knocking on the door in our lobby and it was COVID, it was during COVID restrictions. So the, the window wasn't open. Right. So they were knocking on the door and I walked by and I looked over at the cameras on the screen. And as I walked by before I'd seen who was on the camera, I was agitated mm-hmm. and I was muttering under my breath. I admitted about who's knocking on the door. Can't they read the sign? What is going on? And I was really upset and jaded. And I look mm-hmm. over and see these two kids. And I think, oh, you are a terrible person. So I open the door. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? My, my mom said you guys are probably going through a hard time right now, having a bad day, so we brought you some cupcakes. Mood changer, yeah. I mean, you talk about, you know, you talk about support and changing, changing what, what you, you know, the way you feel about your community. And that's what we see regularly. I mean, that's, we get, we get random cards in the mail. Hey, we're doing a good job. Or we get cookies and cupcakes and, you know, I mean... I felt terrible during COVID because we weren't supposed to be taking any of that stuff in. <laughs> I'm not going to throw it away. It's no. rude. You yeah. know, it was really yeah. hard we'll to take it. Yeah. Fine. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it was really hard, but it means a lot. It really does. It, does. it adds up for us. It really does. So we really appreciate that support. And I think that you get, again, I don't have the experience in a, in a working for a large agency, but I think it means a lot more when, when you're an integral part of a community and you live there and you live it, it means more when you see that coming in at work, even in those hard times. Mm-hmm. Because next time I go and see those kids, it might be, heaven forbid, at a negative call, in a negative situation. And they're going to remember, and I'm going to remember. And I think it just, I don't want to sound too melodramatic, but it really binds us together to the community in that way. It does. And it's important. And I, and I, so those, when you, you need to have those high notes, too. Mm-hmm. Because what we deal with a lot of the time, you know, we get everybody in their worst moments. That's our job. Yep. You see people. I very rarely get times. invited to come hang out at somebody's birthday party and leave. You know, that's not <laughs> what we do. You know, that's yeah. what we take on. And it's not a complaint, but that is the nature of our work. And uh, it's important work to do, but it is it's taxing. So those high notes, those positives really add up. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's that. Yeah, that's that's awesome that, you know, we're you're getting the support that this community deserves to show i mean yeah this community is a phenomenal community and it doesn't surprise me that you're getting that kind of support you know because you know we have just have such a great community that's willing Absolutely. to help and you know you know try and do the right thing as best as possible as mm-hmm. best as we can all the time i think i don't think there's anyone in this community that's trying to cause harm but um you know they're they're just trying to do what's best they mm-hmm. think for them absolutely so you, you mentioned a little bit about your family you know through here um tell me a little bit about you know you, know, you mentioned you know starting the family young and everything like that um talk to me a little bit about you know you said you have one in that unk and one uh over in uh council bluffs i believe is what mm-hmm. you said so just you know talk to me a little bit about where they're at and everything like that we have three kids our oldest he is married and lives in council bluffs he's a human resources director at a retirement community awesome yeah. Um, doing really well. And um, COVID is super important for him, though, because he's in that medical field with mm-hmm. at-risk people. So he really has to keep track. We have only seen him once since the whole thing went down. Um, so we're really looking forward to getting together as a family. because When you can, yeah. When when we were separated, you know, he, he went to Doan College and we were still in gearing. And that was such a long drive. That kind of kicked off for us a time in our lives that we didn't see him as much as we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice when we when we moved closer that we could see him. So it's kind of been hard over the last few months with COVID, but we'll get back to it. For sure. Um, you know, our middle son, he into his senior year now at UNK, um, looking at a, a, some words I can't say, something to do with biology, but it's super complicated. And Is it like human biology? Or no, like, it's... Or... Some like kind of prosthetics, like uh, does he want to deal with like, it's like biological psychology? Oh, geez, yikes! Yeah, yeah. It's so like, yeah, there yeah. are some words that well, <laughs> I can't my, pronounce. Uh, we're blessed that my kids all got their mom's brain. <laughs> I mean, I you know I locked that one down early and got her trapped. Saw what I had lucked into there, so <laughs> <laughs> they all got their mom's brain. So thank goodness for that. Um, and our daughter, she's she's in high school here in New York, um, and really just being a teenager. But she's super, you know, she. 
she makes good grades and she's in dance and she teaches dance and she's just oh, great, yeah. Super involved. Super involved. Awesome. And, I mean she yeah. just really, really jumped into this community. Great, yeah. You know? I mean, it'd be kind of tough, you know, because she was probably a middle schooler. Yes, when she, she was in seventh grade. And that's a tough time to and move. And moved her over Christmas break. Yeah, see, that's a tough time to move. You know, yeah. and it was rough. And, and you know what I, can, what I have to say about the schools here? I just can't, you know, everybody has their issues. So a lot of people will kind of roll their eyes or whatever. But we don't have any of that history. All we have is positivity so far. And I'm, I'm guessing we're going to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. My daughter came home from school in the seventh, in, in leaving, you know, switching in seventh grade, a 12-year-old girl. She came home from school day two with friends and activities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know what to say. That's yeah. because of the schools. Yeah. I mean, she came home day two with friends and activities, and I'm going to go here, and I want to go there. And, hey, do you know where you know where, 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 where Captain Red something is? We can get some coffee because <laughs> we're out, all though. meeting down there. And, I was, you know, it was, it was like, wow. It really, That's awesome. it really yeah, meant the, a lot to us. To be able to, so. yeah, have that kind of welcoming committee, you mm-hmm. know, you know. Um, you know, I think, yeah, we do a pretty good job of that. I remember when I was in school, you know, we, it's tough being the new kid. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we try to do a good, pretty good job of, you know, yep. welcoming those individuals. Um, so what kind of hobbies, activities keeps you and the family kind of busy, kind of going, you know, when you're not, uh, obviously working and everything like that? You know, it's interesting. My wife and I've had that conversation several times. She works from home. She, she has a full time. She's a, uh, a data analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's worked from home for coming up on 15 years now oh, but great. yeah but it's like you know um we joke all the time that the kids and i kind of take advantage of her being at home so kind of you know well, mom's retired no mom <laughs> works from home and has like a real job and stuff so you know, she has a real career and so um but we, we've been talking it's interesting that we've been so kid focused for so long now we have the empty nest is like is in sight yeah yeah <laughs> And we don't we don't really know how to feel about it. I mean, I know how I feel about it, mm-hmm. but I think she's having a hard time with it because we don't really our hobbies have been running kids. Yeah, keeping the kids busy. You yeah. know, and now we're doing a little. You know, she's doing a little bit of gardening and has a really nice little herb garden, and we're doing different stuff. And I'm looking at it going, I don't. I'm probably gonna have to get something on the list other than reading books. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I have to pick up a golf club, <laughs> do or, something. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of an interesting interesting conundrum there, but it's uh, it's something we're looking forward to. I think. No, yeah, you'll you know? you'll find something. Yeah, I mean. You're obviously one to stay busy, so you'll you'll find yep. something to keep yeah. keep your time occupied and things Absolutely. like that. Um, so we'll jump into my rapid fire questions here to kind of round out the interview. Okay, um, these are some fun ones that I have for you. Um, favorite restaurant in York County? Like, is there a certain like place that you like to go? Whether it's like Perks over in Henderson, or if there's a place like Carrie's and McCool, or is there something anywhere in York that you kind of like to go? We actually really like Melanie's place. Oh yeah, we really like it a lot. They, I, I like that JW's catering yes, up there. Yes, yeah. JW's. I really, I really like it a lot. It's, I don't know, something about they always have some cool special going on. I but love you their can walk in there anytime, oh, yeah. and there's always you know if you're just looking for a decent hamburger, you mm-hmm. get in there. You know, mm-hmm. so it's good. And um, one thing, you know, I'm Nebraska through and through, so you can't count on Runza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Runza's a great restaurant. I mean, yeah, I mean. For high school, yep. you take a date to rent. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> it's a sit-down restaurant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, this other one's kind of a joking one, but uh, what do you think of the Ford Bronco coming out? Did you get a chance to look at it at all? I just saw some pictures, and all I can say is I was really discouraged about how cool it looks because I cannot, I'm sure one of my staff is going to come to me soon and say, hey, why can't we get one? You I know? was just thinking, you know, when <laughs> you I know they're this... going to make a police model, and I'm sure they will. You know? I was going to ask. I was like, I wonder if they're going to make a Ford Bronco <laughs> I'm police I'm sure they model. will. <laughs> I saw a rendering for uh, the Forestry Service. Um, the U.S. Yeah. National Forestry Service that was kind of cool. So uh, I mean, I imagine that Ford's going to get into. I'm sure they will yep. <laughs> that market. Yep. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to come ask you whenever you get that question. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's a favorite meal that you have here? Uh, whether it's like a, a home cooked meal or is there like a favorite meal that you like to get at a local restaurant? You know, what's what's um, something that if you're just I have several. Classic. I mean, I'm glad this isn't a video interview because I'm going to be able to tell that. But <laughs> um, you know, my wife is a really good cook. Crystal really is a very good cook, and she's been cooking a lot of um, Indian food. So uh, she makes buttered chicken that is fantastic. And my mother-in-law, my in-laws moved here uh, as well. Uh, About a year ago, they moved here and followed us here. And my mother-in-law, that's where Crystal gets it from. She makes everything from scratch. So um, she makes cabbage burgers. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, while she's rolling out the dough, she'll make 
cinnamon rolls. Oh, so yeah. So it's just like for the next like two weeks, it's cabbage burgers <laughs> and leftover cabbage burgers and cinnamon rolls. So then there's chili. Yeah. It's just like classic Nebraska. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. You, we're going to have to yeah figure out how to get those recipes. <laughs> well, yeah. It's funny. You know, everything out west is German. Yeah. So everybody's all about it. Like she makes German chocolate cake from scratch. Yeah. Not from a cake mix and all that kind of stuff. And then we came here, and it's all uh, Czech. Yeah, Czech. I was mm-hmm. like, what the heck is a kolache? <laughs> and then I went to uh, the farmer's market. Oh, they're so good. And now, yeah. where can I Keep get those... more kolaches? <laughs> Keep those away from me, but oh, also, where can yeah, I find more Yeah, it's unbelievable. Of them? <laughs> so it's an interesting switch. I, it just never occurred to me. You know, everything out west is, is uh, a lot of it's German. So it's it's all that, you know, cabbage burgers and that kind of stuff. And here, everybody's like, oh, you mean like a runza? You're, That's you're... what I immediately thought of. I was yeah. like, cabbage burger, so like a runza? Yeah, it, it's what it is. A runza's a cabbage burger, you know? <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> what it is. A, a, or is it a, a Bayrock or whatever? The German term, I think, is, is yeah. technically whatever runza is. It's a Bayrock or something like that. Um, so what's, you haven't been, you've been here for three years. Mm-hmm. Is there a favorite memory that you have that you've, you know, in those three years that you can kind of, you know, look back on and, you know, that was, you know, that was a fun part of, you know, just getting here or being here so far. Um, you know, really, there's so many. It's when you're new. and mm-hmm. I've never been new in a place. Right. Okay. It was, yeah. It was Scott's Wolf Gearing. And here, Everybody knew me. And, yeah. and, you know, in, in Alliance, it was, um, I commuted mm-hmm. and uh, we never moved. So it was a great community, but I wasn't my community. Right. And that yep. was my, that was my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so here it's, it, there's just a lot of them, you know, it was finding our house was a big one. Um, you know, I, I came before, I came in October, so from October till uh, December when Crystal and, and my daughter got here, I lived in a camper out by the interstate. Oh, nice. So, which wasn't bad at all, because it was just me, No, but, it's all you needed. Uh, yeah. yeah, but probably yeah. haven't. <laughs> and then we moved into a rental home, which was nice. We had a, we rented a uh, a townhome over by the golf course for a yeah. while, yeah. And, and that was a really, that was a nice place to live, but it just, it's not our style, mm-hmm. you know. Not your I, neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, having neighbors with a shared wall is not our deal, mm-hmm. so... Um, when we when we found our home, that was a big deal, and being able to, to kind of go in and um, pick some of the projects we wanted and, and get some some renovations done and stuff. That was a really a really good moment for us. No, that's um, fine. And I have to say, I don't. When my in laws decided to move, mm-hmm. we always kind of suspected that they would that, that they, they were weren't going to stay away from the grandkid from yeah. the granddaughter, and they were the were only they one. from Garing? Yes. Yep. yep. Born and bred. Yep. Their okay. whole lives. So. It was a really big thing for them, but when they decided to move, it was a big, you know, they said, oh, we're coming up to look at houses this weekend, and we were so happy. And we, they're moving here. Yeah, we were so <laughs> elated. It was like, you know, it's, it's so nice that we're not so separate. It's nice to have that family yeah. you know, nearby. Yep, yep it, it really, really is. So so those are two that really stick with me. Certainly, certainly. Um, have you been able to catch any of Tiger King? I did. Yeah. We kind of binge watched it. <laughs> Isn't that just like watching a car crash like Oh, it is. It is. Like... It's, it's unbelievable. Like, I couldn't figure out what it was all about. You know, all the I don't fuss. think there was Everybody, a point. It's so funny and it's so this and it's so that. And then you're watching it. It's really not funny. No. There's yeah, really negative stuff yeah. going on. There's you know? some sad, like, scary stories in there. Yeah, there yeah. really is. But it, it was certainly worth a watch, I'll say that. It certainly took <laughs> the uh, world by storm. And I don't think there was a better time for it to like come out. Like, everybody needed that distraction. When everybody, yes. I think it was a great distraction for yes. everyone during that time when yeah, everything hit. Um, what's a, a favorite county or a local event that you look forward to every year? Whether it's like York Fest or the county fair or one of the community events. What's something or sip and stroll? Um, what's kind of uh, or flavors of York even? You know, what's kind of a, a fun event that you look forward to every year? You know, I was I was disappointed that we weren't able, and it was nobody's fault. It's circumstances with COVID. Um, the transportation exploration. Oh part yeah, of balloon days out at the Holt Center. Mm-hmm. It's such a great event for us. You know, we get to go out and hang out with kids, and and just I mean, all I have to do is set up a car, turn on the lights. <laughs> and then have some games for them to play. Make it do the siren every now and yeah, then. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and we just get... And, and then what we've been doing is we have these uh, drunk goggles that, that simulate being intoxicated or being under the influence of drugs. Yeah, yeah. So we set up cones, and I borrow a golf cart from somebody, some really nice uh, community member, Madonna Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> set, always sets us up with a, either hers or sets us up with... A golf cart. Yeah. A golf cart, and... Um, we let uh, anybody that's over the age of 13 get on the golf cart with somebody with them and put the goggles on drive and really make the point. So they drive through the cones one way without the goggles, and it's like, this is easy. Then they put the goggles on, and it's a good time. And we let little, little younger kids um, 
will set up like a tee ball and let him hit the ball and oh this is easy and they put on the goggles and they miss and fall down <laughs> can't even yeah yeah you know it's it's a really good time and we're making a point a yeah. positive point with them see how this affects you but at the same yeah. time it's just a really good time yeah you know it's really nice and I can I can get my officers out there and um, you know face just, to face with the community yes. I like those community events anytime Absolutely. you can get them in yep. the front yeah and also the ball drop. Yes. Because we've missed it every year. Oh, no. Just by happenstance, we've never experienced it. I've oh. never been there, so we need to get to that. That's like on the wish list yes, of things yes. that... For some reason or another, every year we have to leave or something or work or something comes up and we just we haven't been able to get to one yet. Oh. And it sounds really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. With, I mean, that picture with all those balls coming down. Yeah, it just looks so cool, you know. And, yeah, all the different prizes. Yeah, it is, it is really cool. So that's a fun event. Yeah, that... I haven't been out to that transportation exploration, but I've seen a lot of pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really cool that I get out in front of the public and everything like that. This next segment I have here is called What's Making Us Happy. It's kind of a segment, just kind of a positivity one, just talking about you know different good things that are going on in our lives currently. I'll go first. Um, I have um, a friend getting married. He was supposed to actually have been married already at this point, uh, but because of everything that's happening, um, I have a wedding coming up. I think it's uh, next weekend, so I'm I'm looking forward to this event. I'm um, get to be uh, a groomsman. Um, this was a fraternity brother, and so uh, this is like the third wedding that I get to be in because of a fraternity brother getting married. And so um, I'm excited that you know he finally gets to be um, finally gets to get married and everything like that. And I'm excited to see all my fraternity brothers again. So it's a it's a fun reunion whenever brothers get married and things like that. And so Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. I've experienced that just through my son, my oldest. Mm-hmm. He was a part of. Uh, a fraternity when he went to Doan and you know I didn't do I didn't do the whole college experience so I never got to experience that and I didn't I never really understood it mm-hmm. but as he went through school and he'd bring home fraternity brothers like for Christmas and things like that they'd come to our house and you really see that camaraderie is a different kind of camaraderie yeah and and you can see how it like now he's you know out on his own and married and everything but he still golfs with them and has fun with them and talks to him every day mm-hmm. and you know the, it's something that I uh I, I, honestly, I kind of regret not being able to experience. I got to be honest. It really at first, I mean, he 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 told us he was joining in a fraternity, and, and then you had like, the eye roll. Well, and, then... and it was the first year that Donut had some pretty negative stuff. Donut had some pretty negative. So stuff. So it was like the first year they were allowing it to go on again. Yeah. And so it was like a real kind of a big deal. So that when when I went and googled the you know, fraternity Donut, there was nothing Bad, positive. Nothing good. There was, was nothing come good. Of that. You know, yeah. So it was, I really didn't have a lot of appreciation for it. But when I started meeting the guys and mm-hmm. his friends, it really meant a lot. They would come home with him over Christmas and you know kind of call you mom and dad and it was it was okay mm-hmm. and they were a good bunch of guys and like I said I see that he's still friends with them now so I I kind of understand it I haven't yeah. I haven't personally experienced it but I understand what you're talking about yeah. it's a different kind of friendship and it really is that's yeah. really cool mm-hmm. certainly so what's uh what's one of your making that you making you happy what's currently going on in your life that's you know right now all my on. kids are doing really well mm-hmm. at the same time and when you have three that are five years apart mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's they're rare, different ages. Yeah, different. but they're all over the place. So mm-hmm. when you can actually sit down and say they're all doing well at the same time, that makes you really happy. Mm-hmm. You know, my oldest is thriving at his job and doing really well. And um, he, he got married a couple years ago and um, she's like perfect for him. Um, she's totally awesome and she she's exactly like him except she's more driven and she keeps him in line which is good so yeah, it's totally awesome needs. for yeah. us as his parents you know because I don't have to parent him anymore right. you got, she keeps him in line she keeps you know? him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really good there um, they seem to be doing really well with things and um, you know bought their first home and that kind of stuff so they're doing well and um, you know my middle one he uh, moved to Lincoln this summer to stay with friends oh, which exciting. yeah which Kind he, of exciting. It's, he turned 21 <laughs> while he Not was there. Not exciting. <laughs> so it's kind of worrisome, but he's doing really well. He hasn't been in any trouble. And Good. He's actually, um, he's been really, he's been, they've been hitting the gym a lot. Good. Uh, so we went and had breakfast with him or had lunch with him for his birthday. And a noticeable change. And wow. <laughs> makes me feel really old and really fat because he's just ripped right now. You know, I'm like, really? Where did you? Yeah. This he's, wasn't. So he's doing really well. He's Good. taking yeah. a, a, a Super personal interest in his own health and everything, which, which is I great. Really like it's seeing. a huge thing. It's I like mean, that's such a grown up thing to do. Yes, yeah. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and it really makes me feel good. You're just naturally ha- athletic all the way until high school, and even yeah. into college. Yeah. It's after college if you keep that up. That yes, you it means something. To yes, you. and he's I think he's figured out over the over. You know, he was he's always been really big into golf and that kind of stuff. So he's figured out kind of the solo sports stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's figured out that physical achievement is important to him mm-hmm. and I'm glad that he's embracing that even when he you know he's in an environment where it would be really easy to just go to work and party mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he really went mm-hmm. out of his way to do some serious good stuff too and avoid then, you know maybe avoid that a little yeah. bit yeah so I, I kind of I, I'm pretty proud of him to that's be exciting it's, it's, yeah he took that step you know and it makes me feel good and my daughter is just 
she's just kicking butt all around. You know, mm -hmm. she again, she's getting ready to hopefully go back to school. It's going to be an interesting. Yeah, hopefully. Back however, to that school. happens, you know, yeah. but she's doing well there, and um, she's just a nice person. She's a good kid. Any summer activities like staying involved with like you ESI know, or I guess maybe not ESI camp. She had so she was going to sign up for that and then missed it, okay. but uh, last year I'm not sure what happened there, but. That's what happened when she, she's actually been doing some volunteering in the community oh, um, uh, here at the chamber and other places because she had she had volunteered at the chamber with Madonna for a school project last year and she was just just dying at home just just bored and everything else and wanted to get out of the house and so we called Madonna and she had stuff to do she's been helping Madonna with some stuff and good doing some stuff here at the chamber and she's super involved with dance and getting back into that now and yeah um, were they able to have their final recital. Or did that all get kind of canceled? Oh, right no, it all got canceled, right? Yeah, but yeah, it was it was pretty pretty sad for the kids, but yeah, they're getting back into it now, doing some limited stuff, and however that's going to look moving forward. And then um, she's also doing uh, she does um, choir and show choir both at the high school. Oh, great. And she's doing some stuff for that, some choreography, like Deuce and stuff. duchesses and yep. stuff like that. No, nope. yeah, but they're all doing really well, and that's what you want to see as a parent. It really makes you feel good, no. you know, to, to see them all stepping out, and and it's all stuff that they're doing well on their own, mm -hmm. of their own accord. Mm -hmm. You know, because you can push them so far, and then you and then you have to drag them. And I've never really had to drag any of my kids. I've been able to push them, and then yeah, they, yeah. they start pedaling on their own and take mm -hmm. off. And that's really makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Certainly, certainly. Well, perfect. Well, thank you for your time today. Um, I appreciate um, you know you taking you know it looks like we've been talking for about just over an hour yeah. now. So I appreciate yeah you taking that time out. Um, the last thing I'm going to leave it with is you have the final thoughts. Um, you get to close out the show with any words, words of wisdom, a quote, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to leave the guests with uh, or the listeners. Uh, just feel free to you know say whatever you want. Because it's a local show, I really want to just say thank you to the community. I really want to reiterate what I said before that. You know, when when there's negativity on a national level and negativity on particular issues here in town and those kinds of things, it really does. T it's taxing. It really does take a toll on myself and, and my officers. It really does. And to know at the end of the day, I don't think there's very many um, people in my department that really doubt that the community as as a whole in general supports us. And it really, really makes us want to come to work. It really just helps us support our ideals and come into work and be motivated to hit those goals and to keep raising that bar and pushing forward. Um, you know, it'd be really easy to get jaded. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're one of the only two, you know, there's two ways to fight that. You have internal and external. And internal takes you so far, but at some point you want, you want somebody to give something back. You want somebody to let you know you're doing right. And we get that here. And it really means a lot to us. So I just want to say thank you to the community. Certainly. Well, thank you for everything, and we appreciate everything that, that you do for everyone and the whole community. So thanks again for your time, and uh, you have a good rest of your day. We appreciate it. You too. Thanks for having me. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Mm -hmm.